You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again, the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. I'll be your guide as we peer into the ridiculous reality that is our society and our government. Let's get to it. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again. I'm your host, Cam Harless, and with me, and I'm going to say it for the first time ever, as always, is Miss Jessica Green, and she is looking cool right now. I mean, (laughs) has anyone ever looked cooler? (laughs) Watch out, Morpheus. She's she's coming for you. She's about to throw out some red pills. All right. That's enough of that. So today I have probably the most loved Liberty couple on Twitter coming on my show. Um, They're both half Asian people, which is a very interesting and beautiful mix of humanity. Um, You know them there. They they do a show called What's Happening. And uh, if you don't know them, these are their names. It's uh, Shane and Nico. How are you guys doing? Hey, Hello. how you doing? <laughs> how do you like how how much work I put into my production? Because I I try to make this thing look good. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> Something like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. first off, congratulations, because you guys have had a bit of a Twitter, well known on Twitter, trying to create a baby within Nico's body and it's not been the easiest thing. And I see a picture with a lot of heroin needles on it the other day. And I'm like, (laughs) Hey, congratulations. You're pregnant. So welcome to fatherhood and motherhood. Yeah. Yeah. I just, we just (laughs) stumbled into it, but here we are. Yeah. We stumbled into (laughs) it. Right. You know, by having like three surgery, you three surgeries, me two surgeries. Yep. 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 Good times. It's a long journey. Yeah, yeah, I stumbled into it pretty easily five times. And so I'm, I'm like, I don't know how it is for people who have a harder time, but I feel for you because I know with the five little demons that I own that I would miss them so much if I didn't have them. So congratulations. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was very hard for you. <laughs> very very hard just 15 seconds at a time if i yeah, did the math that's what yeah. 30 that's a minute and a minute and 15 seconds of my life five wow. kids damn i know wow so i did almost no work <laughs> i mean compared to you right yeah i know just for one yeah um I, it's the opposite for me though i can't imagine like it's so hard for me to imagine now that people just have sex and then they have a baby yeah like, i know <laughs> that's foreign to us <laughs> and and yeah. me i'm trying to stop it at this point i'm just like okay 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 i've had enough i have too many cute children around it's time to not do that anymore because it's to pack it in expensive <laughs> yeah. well they're, so, they're cute so you don't leave them in the woods that's, that's true evolutionarily why they're cute just throwing it out there <laughs> So when I when I was uh, I want to say eighteen or nineteen I was working at Books a Million, and this the cutest little girl that I had seen up to that point 
um, was in the store and she was just screaming and wailing and her mom was not doing much about it. But I, I looked at my manager and I said, you know what? God makes them cute so we don't kill them. <laughs> and he goes, I, he looks at me and he goes, I don't believe in God. I was like, okay, oh, you're wow. a fun person. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now what do I say? <laughs> well, it then went into a whole debate that I, I, I don't think anyone wants me to recap, but I, I convinced him that he believed the universe was God, to put it hmm. lightly. Hmm. So, Seems like a one-upper. Um, <laughs> He's like, yeah, well, I don't believe in God. Here I go. <laughs> All right. You win. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is why no one likes atheists. Um, <laughs> hello, atheists. You're still welcome to listen. I'm it's here like for you. Yeah. You just alienated like most of your audience or even half your audience. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I, if I haven't alienated them up to this point with my random conversation well, about, yeah. you know, the hat wearing God set. And, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they're going anywhere. Yeah, good point. So, right now in history, we live in a weird inflection point, and I find it curious to see what people think is going to happen, because I think a fair amount of people in the Liberty Verse were like, "Oh yeah, on January sixth, something weird is going to happen," and yeah. they also thought something weird is going to happen January twentieth. Were you prepared for the insurrectionists <laughs> and the revolution that toppled the Capitol last Wednesday? Well, before I get into that, what is I just wanted to kind of uh, say a few words about all of that. Um, okay, it's, it's really important. So um, I just want to let everyone know that I am a member of Mensa and I have a skyrocketing IQ. <laughs> Uh, I have degrees in engineering and mathematics. I'm also a writer for the natural sciences, technical documents, nonfiction, religion, music, and software. I'm probably the smartest person that you'll ever have on your show, just to let you know. Oh. So. I can clearly see that you are a man of culture. And I, I, I try. Yeah. Yeah. You're a true heavyweight amongst us now. I mean, you don't even know who you're messing with. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you have over 300 confirmed kills and are well-versed in guerrilla yeah. combat. <laughs> well, we, we, don't, we, we try not to talk about that. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you had been at, at the Capitol on Wednesday, it would have been a totally different story right now. Well, yeah, it wouldn't have just been, you know, people taking selfies and everything like that. It would have been a true... <laughs> revolution you know the whole, the whole building would probably have been down by now yeah <laughs> too bad you were and, there and i'm not talking about metaphorically i mean literally down so. <laughs> i told my husband if they burn the capital down today he gets the special sex <laughs> <laughs> he goes what does that mean and i was like i don't know we'll find out if the capital burns down <laughs> well could you imagine if they actually did burn the whole building down like then what's what's all of congress going to do they go well now we're going to because we're going to have to do con uh, all this stuff outside or something like what are that they would be do? so funny them holding like all their meetings outside in the grass yeah. with a bunch of you know or it's raining outside like and they have to put some plastic tent yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 grab your bento box we're going outside for this right yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> that, that would be great 
like overall i was not prepared for that to happen i knew something weird was going to happen because for weeks they were saying like something's going to happen on january 6th yeah yeah and then when it was actually happening i'm like well this is kind of confusing for me because on one hand i'm like this is kind of good because like they're mad at the right people right but on the yeah. other hand it's like this is going to end up going badly in the mm -hmm. end like they don't have any lists of demands or anything you know that they're trying to accomplish it was just a fun so, day you know january 6th a day that's going to live in infamy well january 6 2021 <laughs> i should say yeah so yeah. <laughs> that's what i thought was was so crazy about it is it, i mean they are over hyping the heck out of this thing because yeah nothing happened like my like I, we actually had last week we had monica perez Mm -hmm. scheduled to be on the show and then that happened that day and so we kind of talked about it a little bit but i've been thinking about it over the last week and i i do think i don't think it was like agents provocateur i don't think it was like a, a, a psyop in so far as like people on the ground being there and being paid by soros or whatever yeah, but I do think that they knew that there were going to be some very riled up people there that day, some people who were very unhappy, and they were like, "You know what we're going to do? We're just going to open the doors and let them go wild." And it was surprisingly tame. Like, if you did, you see the video of them walking through the Capitol, and they had those velvet ropes, yeah. and they just walked through the ropes. They didn't push them over and go elsewhere. Whoa. They just cool. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it like they were taking a field trip or something. Yeah, yeah, like they're in elementary school or something. Okay, you guys stay between the rows, kids. It looked exactly like a bunch of children went on a field trip, but they didn't have a chaperone. Because I feel yeah. like that's exactly what would happen if you put, you know, 27, you know, eighth grade boys in that same place and didn't give them anything to do. Like didn't tell them not to do anything. So... There was a box of granola bars that they had brought with them on the table. I noticed <laughs> that these they had brought snacks with them. So they they kind of wound up the, the Bundy gang. Do you guys remember when they took over the Wildlife Center and they hadn't brought snacks with them and they were entreating people to please send us snacks? Um, so I was. Oh, so, yeah. Maybe maybe you guys don't remember that, but there was a uh, a cattle rancher and some um, fellow farmers who had taken mm. over a wildlife refuge center and they had done it with with guns like they took it over because there was a land rights dispute and they hadn't brought snacks with them. They didn't bring anything to eat. And so they were like asking people on Twitter, hey, can you like send us food? And people made a bunch of memes about it. Um, but the point was that I actually saw that these guys had a bo box of granola bars with them and I was like, ah learning lessons hmm. so thinking ahead. Yeah. <laughs> thinking ahead you brought snacks so sorry to derail uh, am i thinking of a, a different thing but is that like the whole blm dispute yes okay yes, the Bureau yes. of land management mm -hmm. right right that's correct yeah. amen amen bundy and um i can't remember the other fellow's name but they the they shot it they shot a man they killed a man uh, over that. Uh, yeah <laughs> i didn't Something remember like his name yeah. I just yeah. love that they learned from both BLMs before breaking into the Capitol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So what does BLM say? I mean, both Black Lives Matter and the Bureau of Land Management. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's see what they have to say. Yeah. That was one of my first, not my, my first, one of my favorite trolls when 
uh, Black Lives Matter first came out because people would be on Twitter or Facebook saying, what is BLM? What does that stand for? And I'd be like, oh, it's the Bureau of Land Management. Right. And then these people would be like, what are they mad about? <laughs> <laughs> like, they're they're managing too much land. We can't manage all this <laughs> land. It's too much. Cattle ranchers. They're really pissed off at cattle ranchers, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Urban cattle ranchers are going yeah. off. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but one of the things that I've loved is I, I say loved ironically. I I don't love like I don't know if you guys noticed, but that day it went from oh they're protesters, oh they're riot rioters, oh they're insurrectionists, yeah. oh they're terrorists in like hours. They upgraded these people so quick, and. One of the fun things that I saw today, I don't know if you saw this video, I'm actually going to pull it up, but there was some random woman and she had, uh, I think it was, yeah, Chuck Schumer was doing some sort of speaking arrangement out at, out on the road, it looks like, and she just went off on him. And I feel like this may be Jessica's spirit animal. Have you seen this video yet? No. She's. She's my sister and I love her. <laughs> watch watch this. <laughs> I am glad I didn't think that the Trumpsters had it in them. I didn't think the conservatives did. But you know what? You racist socialists can dish it out, but you can't take it. And remember this, Adolf Hitler was a socialist. And that's exactly who you follow. You're nothing but a coward. Seeing you hide underneath your desk. I actually got sexually excited over it. That's how much I loathe you. That's how much I'm glad what they did. And like Nancy Pelosi said, people do what they do. After all, she doesn't care about monuments and neither do I. And where in the First Amendment does it say that you have to protest peacefully and politely? As long as there's outrage and unrest in our hearts, there's going to be unrest in these streets. Yeah. <laughs> like when her glasses like fly off of her face and she's trying real hard like it would have been better if she just like took her mask off and started like oh you know start breathing on Chuck <laughs> it would have been nice because i couldn't understand her with that mask on i know right oh uh, she was well, she was well, trying so hard to be socially compliant yeah i didn't notice <laughs> until watching it just then that those weren't regular sunglasses those were those ones that they give you when you go to the eye doctor and you and you're oh. dilated Hmm. Like there were the roll glasses, and that's what flew off of her face. Oh. But I don't think. Yeah, yeah. So I had an eye appointment, and now I have another appointment with Chuck Schumer, but it's unannounced. He <laughs> don't know it yet. New Yorkers are busy people. They have to pack a lot into the day. Yeah, and Chuck Schumer is just standing there, just like, oh my god, because I mean. I, like part of me is like looking at the like, yeah, I hope people yell at politicians more like that. They deserve to get yelled at like that, like. You know, he's just standing like, oh, okay, whatever. Wait for this bitch to stop talking. <laughs> I swear to God, he was blocking a bus stop, and she walked up there like, "What the fuck are you doing in the way of the bus?" <laughs> and that's she just went off. That is what I think happened. <laughs> I think maybe my favorite part, like I, I don't know if I've ever gelled so much with a statement as her telling chuck schumer that she saw him hiding under the tables and it made her sexually excited 
<laughs> yeah, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> what? It's like, damn, what kind of kinks do you have, lady? <laughs> I'll be honest, though. I mean, I I understand that seeing Chuck Schumer hiding under a table is pretty pretty tight. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he knows about tight. Much? tight. I'm sure he knows about tight spaces. <laughs> The unfortunate thing so, is that they'll just use this to victimize themselves instead mm -hmm. of learning that the people are genuinely angry with them. And yeah. um, they, I feel that the lesson that they should be taking from this will go straight over their heads. They'll just be like, oh, we have to put up bigger walls around ourselves to protect ourselves from the plebs. So. Yeah, because you were talking about how they were framing this as before, you know, they're framing it like this and then they're going to frame it like this. And now they're domestic terrorists or, or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, so if they're going to, you know, and they're also calling it a coup, like a coup. Like, that was a really sad like, coup. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, so correct me, but I thought coups had to deal with like, you know, government officials planning out, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to go into this other, you know, in this country, we're going to destroy their government and we're going to make, you know, democracy for everyone you know whatever like mm -hmm, that mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. i guess instead their cue was just they're going to go to the building and you know throw papers around and stuff and then tell you know nancy pelosi or write, write some stuff on her file or file steal papers her laptop yeah steal her laptop you know i don't know i thought it was pretty funny so <laughs> well, it was I, the best day yeah what i don't understand is how they were directly in nancy pelosi's office and no one thought you know what i could do right now i could pee or poop in here like i i probably would have and is that Cameron. is that crazy yes <laughs> that's insanity <laughs> could you imagine though uh what's her name uh nancy pelosi coming back into her office and being like they peed in the corner Someone peed in my corner. <laughs> Took a BM in the shredder. Why would they do that? No, that's insanity. Don't give people ideas. It's because they hate you, Nancy. They don't like you. Get the fuck out of Congress now. You're too old. And I feel like the Wheel of Time will take care of the current government pretty shortly. They're all really old. So yeah. that's not even like someone was like, what if somebody assassinates the president? I'm like, Father Time will assassinate the president. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> She's like, wow. Did, did you, you guys happen to see um, the video from The View where Meghan mm -hmm. McCain talked about it? Um, yeah. 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 Okay. First off, that is a deplorable woman because she has a deplorable father. And I don't, the apple doesn't fall far from this from the from the tree, but someone mixed this together in the perfect way. So if you haven't, have you seen this yet, Jessica? No, I don't. Oh. I try to avoid these women if at all possible. <laughs> well, th this is perfect though. Oh so. yeah, yeah. You've seen this? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen this. <laughs> We need to consider all, all, all right. possibilities. I'm not against sending these people to Gitmo. And that may sound extreme. These are domestic terrorists who attacked our own republic. They should be treated the same way we treat Al-Qaeda. It's her father that famously funded Al-Qaeda, was photographed with the heads of them and Al-Nusra in Syria just five years ago. Her father is now in hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica looks worried. No, no, I can't. I, I didn't. I don't know if it was my headphone or not. I didn't catch it. What do you say? Uh, 
she said that they should be she's not against these people being thrown in gitmo that they're direct right. uh they're domestic terrorists and they should be treated the same way as al-qaeda and then gitmo uh, yeah and uh then alex jones said her her father five years ago gave money to to directly to al-qaeda and guns and he is now <laughs> in hell <laughs> yeah. yeah it was classic yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. And it's true. It's funny because it's true. So it's educational <laughs> yeah, humor. True, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what is it? Because also, have you seen these these um, tweets and headlines about how Liz Cheney is now the um, conscience of the conservatives? Well, I saw something about Liz Cheney where I guess some Republicans are trying to push her out now. Or something like yeah. that and it's just like but the man. democrats are just loving her right now oh i'm sure they are she, yeah sure you know she voted oh yeah trump was impeached a second time today i don't know how, i don't know how i haven't said did that they, yet. did they get that through house yeah, he was in, yeah. yeah the house wow. they represent you jessica they represent you and they're going to impeach it trump so congratulations them six days to get yeah. impeachment two through wow i am yep. astonished at that like the optics of that are really bad for them. Yeah, it took them that long for all this impeachment stuff, but then all like the stimulus stuff, like, eh, I don't know, we'll just we'll throw it up in the air. Maybe we'll do it after recess, something like that. I don't know. But then we ended up with $600. Thanks, government. Appreciate it. The Yeah. The, what I'm looking forward to is the war between the established Democrats and the progressives that they've courted and are now betraying hand over fist. So I'm really looking forward to that coming back to bite them in the ass, which it definitely will. Yeah. Because like AOC, she's no longer the darling of the progressives. Like they're very much turning on those people. And I think we're, um, you know, our role in this is maybe on the side telling disaffected uh, conservatives that they don't have to be, uh, you know, blue pilled anymore. They can yeah. understand that there are ways to do things without the state. However, within the annals of government, now it's up to the progressives in my this is just my opinion it's up to the progressives to cut the legs out from under these people and they do have some standing to do it because they've been courted um they are the demographic they are the large demographic that's been courted to put these people into power and um they're not happy already and the guy hasn't even taken office yet so well um, another thing about that too is that like speaking with aoc you know, when they're trying to, uh, I guess, um, like elect who's going to be the, the speaker or something like that. And she was tweeting or talking about, oh, Nancy Pelosi's this, Nancy Pelosi's that. And then she ends yeah. up voting for her anyway. Yeah, so you're kind of like, well, so where are you? Like, at least you could have said, okay, if you don't want to vote for her, obviously you're not going to vote for McConnell. So you could have been like present. I'm not voting. Like, you know, just, yep. just I'm here, but I ain't voting. So, you know, fuck all y'all. I'm going to say present and then that's it. That's my vote or, you know, vote, quote unquote. She really well, like think- she... Go ahead. I was going to say, I think that AOC is a very, I think she's a created person. I think she is what the Democrats, I don't think she is as, what's the word, authentic as people want to make her out to be. Mm -hmm. I think that she is a foil to the Republicans and the people on the ground because she's not going to get anything done. She has no power. She she just wags her lips and the cons- conservatives get mad at her. And all the while, all of the actual 
people who can do stuff are in the back doing whatever they want to while people are bitching about the Green New Deal that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that she's an actual – I mean, she's, a, she's human, but I don't think she's an actual person. I think that she serves a very specific role. Are you calling her a lizard person? Uh, she may be. She may well be. Okay. I think she's actually just a mannequin. <laughs> okay, so like what you mean, I guess, if just to clarify, not to speak for you, um, is that at some point she was courted for this role. Um, yes. She did go. She did get um, an economics degree from a rather prestigious university, if I understand. It wasn't a community yeah. college, like it. So she's a waitress, right? But yeah. she does have this <laughs> for her. Right. So um, I could see it. I think yeah, that, I, I think I that think has maybe, I think that has legs if you think about it. I think maybe down the road she may have something, but right now her job is to deflect attention from the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's where my brain is <laughs> with AOC. Well, yeah, because they focus most of their attention to her, and then meanwhile, yeah. while they're all yelling at her all the bipartisanship is happening behind the scenes. Like, oh, we're going to get this done. We're going to get, you know, we're going to try and get some more wars started. All right. Now that that Trump guy is gone. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but I wonder, like, does she know that she, that's her role? That's what I would know. Or that's what I'd want to know. Does she know that that's her role or does, is she just being used as kind of like a pawn to do that? She might not be um, as effective if she knows she might need to think yeah. that she's on her way up, you know, in order to do see, but there's this element of like, she, she really sold everybody on this idea that she would be a one-term Congresswoman. Is she a Congress? That's what she is. Right. Uh, if, if, if she would force these votes, if she would get all these things done, she says, I'm not one of these powered people. I'm going to, I'm going to forward your interests. And at the moment where she could have done that, where she really had just that little bit of leverage that she could have used, she went belly up on them. And so I think that that lends credence to the idea that, you know, like she's she was prepared for this and she's doing what she's supposed to do. And like, I don't know, like so created person sounds very um, you can interpret that in many ways. Like we created her in a bowl with some, Mm, you know, ingredients, you know, but like maybe someone approaches you, you're someone who's ambitious and they approach you and say, hey, you want to be a senator? You want to be a congresswoman? You want to be president someday? Uh, hmm. And then you, you you do the things that they tell you to do so you can get ahead. I don't put it past campaigning and, and political parties to do things like that, to say, OK, you're going to work in this bar for, for a year so we can say that you're a waitress from the Bronx. And then, you you know, but where did she go? Hold on. I was looking for where she went. So her education Boston. is Boston University College of Arts and Sciences and your uh, Yorktown High School. Okay, so I don't know anything about that. But um, well, she's not even from the Bronx, as far as what community college, you know. Right. Like she talks about, like she almost talks like she's J Lo, like she's, you know, Jenny from the block. But if you actually look into her past, she was from a rather affluent part of town. Like Hmm. I don't think that there's. I, I think that people. I don't know if she's being used or she is active in it but i do not when i say created person i mean they created her backstory they set her up to fulfill a specific role so i and and that's just where i fall at this point i mean she's got a lot 
a lot of Twitter followers. So on, in terms Twitter. of a social media presence, she has, you know, yeah. I was just going to say, she's really big on Instagram, too, because she does all those Instagram lives and stuff. Yeah. It's, oh, man, you see what she said on Instagram? Oh, man, we got to talk about that for three hours. <laughs> and she cuts up um, sweet potatoes the wrong way, and it drives me crazy. Like, you're going to cut you're going to cut yourself, and millions of young people are looking at you right now, cutting sweet potatoes the wrong way. She didn't know what a garbage disposal was. That like, was what, is like, this, what is this garbage disposal, guys? What is this? Like, there's like a flinch <laughs> or something? I don't know what this is. Can you help me? But that's also a look how relatable I am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have a garbage disposal, too. <laughs> it also inflames right. the boomer cons to talk about how big of an idiot she is and how I don't think she's an idiot. That's a good point. Yeah, the, the boomer cons, they definitely fall for it. Almost every single time. Oh man, AOC, she's an idiot. She's yeah, it's, stupid. It's always her or Greta Thunberg. Like those yeah, two people yeah. really piss them off for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're really Speaking looking at like very, person. very surface level. Yeah, I, I think Greta Thunberg is also one of those that's been chosen to be in that role. Hmm. I, I don't buy the authenticity behind that either. How dare you? Well, that one's <laughs> really easy to see because, like, what are the chances that well, just some this, kid wasn't there some famous? documentary that just came out recently about her or something like that? I can't. I think it was like called Greta or something like oh, that. I, I didn't see it. Well, we didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite things is I heard an NPR a segment on NPR talking about her, and the whole time, this woman decided that she was going to pronounce Greta Thunberg the right way as if she was where Greta Thunberg is from. And so the whole time she was going, <laughs> Greta Thunberg, Greta Thunberg. And I was like, man, NPR, they get really like cocky. Oh, I'm so smart. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Have you seen the way they parody NPR on Parks and Rec? It's no. genius. They... Uh, <laughs> There's a couple of episodes where the main character does like a radio show and it's a parody of NPR and, and they're brilliant with the whisper talking and playing weird esoteric music nobody's ever heard of and stuff. And um, yeah, Parks and Rec is a great show anyway. It's, it's like the SNL sketch where they did the, the, sh the sweaty balls or something like that. Yep. It's kind of <laughs> like that. Yep. And um, what was the other show? Um, Portlandia. Mm. Like it, it reminds me of the bookstore ladies from portlandia yeah that is like that too yeah i took me a second to remember that sweaty ball sketch <laughs> that's been from a long time ago yeah. oh my goodness that's a hilarious well, you know, alec baldwin before you know before he became trump <laughs> i don't i don't know if you guys had this experience but when i very first started podcasting i did some stuff that was more scripted and it was it took me a couple of episodes to break the NPR voice. Like when you're, you're in your head about how you sound and you're like, yeah, welcome to make Liberty great again. My name is Cam Harless. <laughs> we'll be talking today about like, not that bad. Don't sound like that. Was, I could see that with you. Cause you have that voice. <laughs> I'll take like, it. Good, like good, for, good for radio voice. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. <laughs> By the way, Shane, I just want to congratulate you on being such a good man that you let your woman talk. Like, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, we're, you and I are very progressive. I have a woman on my show almost every week. So 
I think but we I should have to wait for my that. husband to go to sleep and then I sneak out to do it. He would never <laughs> allow this. You're like pulling to the oven in the kitchen, right? Yeah, yeah. He thinks I'm in there doing dishes. <laughs> no idea how many dishes there are, so <laughs> I use it as a cover. <laughs> Uh, yes. Cole Chestnut says that AOC was boosted by the Justice Democrats, with, which is affiliated with the Young Turks. They crafted her image and backstory before putting her on public display. At least some of it is demonstrably false. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it, I, I've seen some of that too, Cole. And it's, it's weird that people don't see, in my opinion, that, that people don't see that she's a foil. That she's meant to be there to take some of the anger away from like Nancy Pelosi or uh, Chuck Schumer. I mean, they, they get a lot of anger anyway, but have you ever seen someone foam at the mouth quite like they foamed at the mouth at AOC? Oh, yeah, that woman said she got sexual. Sorry, go ahead, Nico. I was going to say the only example I could think of is Donald Trump on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's funny about AOC is she actually, because Donald Trump tweeted his way to the presidency. And then AOC, they use Donald Trump's blueprint in order to get her where she is. Hmm. So, I mean, there is there is a fair amount of um, connection there, I think, and how they went after their roles in the government, which should so do burn you down. Just, do you just mean the cult of personality way or that? Utilizing like populism how... and, and soundbite, okay. Twitter and social media. Right, right, right. Like they, they know they know how to piss off the right people in order to gain support. Well, didn't she like win a race that was pretty much uncontested? Yeah. Mm. And so mm. it's like, well, of course you're gonna win. There's no one going against you. You know, you're the only person they can vote for, or at least just about. So I, as far as I know, it was pretty much uncontested. So her way was just when I go in now, I'm, I'm a congressperson. There you go, congresswoman. Whatever, whatever the term is, I don't know. <laughs> well, what what was funny is I was watching the impeachment deal today on C-SPAN, and I always find it funny when they don't say they say gentlemen and gentlewomen instead of I don't know, ladies. Yeah, like what's so bad about ladies? I've never heard anyone say gender. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just like, can't you can't, why are you so worried about the language? Just, just do your job. You know, I don't really gotta worry about all this, you know, oh, if we say ladies and gentlemen, maybe some of the people in, in, you know, who are watching C-SPAN are gonna get offended. So maybe, maybe we have from ladies to. Well, they passed you know. a law now that says you can't use gendered language in Congress. So you have to say gentle thems. Wait, are you, are you for real? Or are you making a joke? No, no, they passed, they had some, or not, or I don't know if you call it a law, but it was like a measure, a decree, or whatever kind of like a bullshit resolution. thing. Resolution, that's what it's called. Um, a resolution that they are using gen gendered language during congressional settings anymore, during official congressional settings. And one of the dudes actually ended the prayer with a men and a women. And that was a real thing that really happened. That wasn't the onion, that wasn't Babylon B. This dude said amen and a women. So that's and, where that came from. I yes. was wondering why he did that. I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> I don't know, but he's, that prayer gave me women and judges. <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, yeah, my my solution for them, for the gentlemen and gentle women thing is to say gentle thems, which I think is nice. <laughs> gentle, gentle thems. Gentle thems. Hmm. It's just bizarre to me because it's like, I know that everything that denotes someone being a woman is considered offensive for some reason. Like, that's really bizarre to me. But, Terrible. like, lady lady was a um it was like a, a a a title of respect it was the lord and his lady yeah. it wasn't like the lord and his bitch and they got rid of the word <laughs> bitch. like yeah you know and so it's it's weird to me that you go oh well you know the lord and the lady that was all said with all due respect and suddenly it's like lady is bad don't call him that because because you know joey tribbiani would have called him ladies and that's a problem no, could you imagine if they if they call all the men in Congress right now lords? All right, you lords and late everyone's like lords. How dare you? Like, why would you say that? The whole reason the founding fathers started shooting at cops in the first place was because we didn't want to call anybody lord anymore. Can they, wanted wear, they still wanted to wear the powdered wigs though, so you know they kept the car. <laughs> yeah, they did. They yeah. truly did. The Federalists were wrong. <laughs> Oh, oh, absolutely. Can I just say that some of the dumbest tweets I saw this week were when the person put up the picture of the guy walking through the Capitol with the Confederate flag or just talking in general about rebellion. And they're like, this is un-American. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that flag for one and also rebellion, defiance and sedition are as American as a toddler with type 2 diabetes like this is this is thoroughly american this is a donut hamburger like this is i don't know what you're talking about how is that un-american uh, no I, mean, I guess they're always saying that because well it's it's rebellious against the state and i don't like it you know and it's like okay well obviously you're someone who i'm sure i don't know who who it is but I'm, i could probably guess Probably almost all of them are thinking, well, if it's rebellious towards the state, well, that's that's terrible, you know. But but you know what's what, what's going on in the Middle East? Oh, we can totally be rebellious on that. We gotta do something over there. But people are gonna do something over here. Oh, we can't have that. We're gonna have we're gonna have all this military in there. We saw the pictures of like, all the military sleeping in the hallways and all yeah. that stuff. And it's just like, man. Well, the weird part is like our country was built on overthrowing another state, right? So then, and rebellion and everything. So why wouldn't you think? That well, and also, be- also according to AOC, I mean, almost half of the people could have like died. All the Congress people could have died, you know. So that's why they were wearing like you know big things over their head and stuff. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that was wonderful. <laughs> oh, also, um, kind of, I don't know, maybe kind of going off topic, but also similar in a way. But did you see, I can't remember what her, what her name is, but I'm sure she's going to be some big player in 2024 politics or something like that. But she said that she's going to bring uh, articles of impeachment for Joe Biden in, <laughs> on January 21st. Like, like she legit said on Newsmax, like, I am going to file articles of impeachment for Joe Biden. And I'm like, that is hilarious. Like, let's let's do this all over again. Everyone, Just impeach every president. Yeah, everyone who thought this was going to be all over once Trump is gone. Nah, nah, it's only the beginning. As Trump also That's said, this is only the beginning. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Well, 
And that's what that's what the boomer cons are freaking out about because they're like, oh, they're they're impeaching Trump again. So you know what that means? That means that every president's going to be impeached that comes in. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Do I have a problem with this? No, I want them all to be humiliated. And it's just going to get less humiliating as time progresses, though. Like, oh, it's, um, sorry. The lady's name is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and she is a Republican from Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have the dumbest, dumbest of the politicians, Georgia. I'm very proud of that. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Paul Brunn. He said that um, Democrats buried fossils to confuse Christians away from Jesus. Yeah, yeah, because I'm <laughs> yeah, sure they have all that time to do that, yeah. yeah. Oh, also, also that um, guy who thought that islands could capsize. Mm, mm. <laughs> the guy well, also came from Georgia. You know, what if there was like, you know, too many people and they're all going on one side? And, you know, what if it like... Wait. Cat up, you know, cat and this person wasn't, oh, you know what? Never mind. You look it up. He literally says it with a straight face, not like, you know, I'm pretending or I'm joking around. No, he was like, no, what if we're like, you know, like that? How do these people get into power? He's an elected official because we're dumb. <laughs> well, you know, because, okay, so like representative, there's a representative for you. They represent you, state of Georgia. Yes. But yes, it's like, they, do. they don't represent me. That guy saying that, I'm like, Oh my god! Like a ten-year-old can look, hear that guy, and go, "This guy is stupid." But, I mean, about? is that not a representation of a great deal of the masses? I, I'm, you know, we want there to be competent people in charge, and then we want to have democracy. But you can't have that both ways because the people that represent the most amount of people are going to be just as dumb as most amount of people. So I don't know what the solution is, but I don't think that maybe democracy might not be it. That's all. I uh, think. I think. Less people should vote. That's how I think it should happen. <laughs> Not every we should we should have more people vote. I mean, look what's going on now. I mean, we had Donald Trump as president, so I mean, something had to give, right? Now we have Biden. Yeah, no, we have we have a old, first it was an old white man that was too racist, but then all the people voted that racist out, and they brought in an old white man, so it it, it works out just great. That's you know? fine. Yeah. yeah, corn pop approved of of Joe Biden. Corn pops from Kellogg's. That's right. Or is it General Mills? I don't know. Whichever. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I. I uh, it's it's a very convoluted the world that we're moving into, you guys. So yeah. I'm glad that we can keep our humor about us. Um, a lot of people are black pilled right now, but I think that there's a lot to appreciate, which is that sort of the absurdity of the system is coming out, and there's a lot to point at and a lot to laugh at. We still have the ability to sort of do that, so I appreciate that and. Um, the fact that they're putting the walls up around them means the peasants are gathering around them and trying to burn them down. So this is yeah. the cycle, you know, the that ha happens in every power structure. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the podcast Fall of Civilizations, but okay. I would strongly encourage everyone to watch every single episode of Fall of Civilizations. And it's a history podcast. And it's really interesting how these great empires that have these really strong and complex trade systems and have been established for hundreds and hundreds of years, they collapse. They all collapse. And our system is no different. And so when you watch those episodes and you see what people go through in their throes of collapse, you can look around and be like, oh, we're definitely about to change systems. And, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. That's all I'm saying. Yep. 
not to mention the 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 one of the huge white pills right now is that more people are talking about secession than i've ever heard in my entire life which i mean you know i'm only 32 it's not a long life but at the same point like i was talking about this five years ago and people called me a racist and i'm like no i just don't think we can live together but now people are like no no no, we should be separate was it (laughs) is biden really that bad (laughs) yeah like those people that voted for biden or whatever and you know they think, oh, we're going to go back to the way it was. And it's going to be, be pre-2016 yeah, pre and everything's going to wow. be hunky-dory and everything like that. And I'm just like, well, I'm sure when when all the when um, Trump won and all those people were like, oh, man, make America great again. This is going to be awesome. And those same people that are now ecstatic and all that, like they were feeling that pain back then. Yeah. So it's just a never-ending cycle of, yeah. oh, man, my guy didn't win. So now I feel like. You know, this is a fascist society we're living in. This is a dictator that we're living living under. And um, I mean, I guess Donald Trump's a dictator. I mean, as far as I know, has any journalist in America actually been like killed as in terms of like Donald Trump going, I want that guy right. I want Jim Acosta killed right now because he's talking crap about me. <laughs> Did that ever happen? I mean, he maybe talked shit to him, but he didn't actually go, can you just kill him? I mean, come on, fuck this guy. He's talking shit to me. I, that never, I don't, as far as I know, that didn't happen. I mean, maybe I'm blind. I don't know. Well, I heard that someone told me on Twitter that uh, if if Donald Trump like concedes and decides to, you know, let Biden become president, that's proof that he's a dictator. I would like someone to explain that. I guess we're just changing the term what dictator means. Like, I didn't know. I thought dictator was no. They're the one ruler, and that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So eventually, <laughs> everyone will own a "Not My President" shirt. And you'll just pull it out every four years, depending on whether a guy wins or not. And that's or, a really lucrative, lucrative business idea because everybody's going to be unhappy at some point. Or it can be just us and just wear it every single day. <laughs> yeah, there you, you go. Know? <laughs> it, it's a it's a product idea that cannot fail. So somebody get out there and make not my president you know, t-shirt. Not my president hat, t-shirt, <laughs> right. maybe even a mask because, you know, we're living that society now. Oh, we're not not my uh, president mask or, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is I'm, I'm very happy that I moved away from, like, my blue-pilled constitutionalism because, like, even when people were saying not my president early on, I still had a little bit of in me, and I'd be like, well, you know, he's not technically my president. Am I the federal government? What a douchebag cut thing to say. <laughs> like, what, what are you saying, you dork? But I got I got blocked by people for saying that. So, I mean, I guess it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, I know, like, for me, I was kind of still under that impression, too. And then I heard, no, right, yeah, I listened to the audio version of the No Treason by Lysander Spooner, and I pretty much just flipped the switch. I was like, wow, that's I've heard of these things before, and now I'm like, wow, okay, now it makes sense to me. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Hell yeah. Lysander Spooner is a fantastic red pill because yeah. it, it speaks to a lot of people who um, maybe are afraid of listening to libertarian ideas because they associate with them with the conservatism okay. and conservatism with not caring about humanity. And I think that Lysander Spooner is great, you know, at, at um, hitting the heart of the humanitarian yeah, part of it. And it's funny about that because as far as I know, like I haven't really 
dive deep into his much of his right other than no treason so i'm kind of looking mm-hmm. at it surface level but as far yeah. as i know like he was more of like a left-leaning anarchist mm-hmm. so him talking about the constitution the way he was talking about it and having conservatives here and having them at least question oh yeah maybe everything i do believe in is kind of stupid or at least you know maybe there are some things i haven't thought about i can now think about yeah. them you know and so it is kind of cool to have that guy who was Someone that a conservative, I don't want to talk to someone on the left. That's terrible. But then this guy back in the 1800s or whatever, you know, talking about the Constitution. I mean, it's pretty crazy. And and I highly recommend if you haven't, you know, read it or or listened to whatever, definitely listen to No Trees. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) So one of my one another video that came out the other the other day, I don't know if it was yesterday, but um, uh, what's his name? James. From the Veritas Project, uh, oh, James, uh, James O'Keefe. O'Keefe. James yeah. O'Keefe. Yeah. He, I, I love every now and then he just drops these little bombs on people, and uh, this guy. Let's let me let me pull up this video. Have you seen this yet? Mm-hmm. I think if yeah, I think yeah. I know which one you're talking the about. The Veritas thing, yeah. This is it's pretty sharp. But it's Project Veritas. How do we know if it's true or not? Anyone buy dreams? And Homeland Security will take the children. <laughs> and we'll put them into re education. Amen. And these times, which are unique. What are we going to do if we don't like it? It doesn't So, this guy, Michael Belly is the uh, principal counsel for PBS. Talks to this woman and, and says, you know, we'll, we'll send Trump supporters, children to re-education camps if Biden wins. And if Trump's Trump wins, we're going to throw Molotov cocktails at the white house. And it's like, Oh, and yet these people, I mean, this is not like, like I would be lying if I told you that I thought that this was, not a normal way that leftists talk behind closed doors. You used to be a leftist, Jessica. Would you agree with that? That's right. Um, it's absolutely the way that leftists talk behind closed doors. I've been behind those closed doors. That's mild, mild by comparison. Well, PBS saw this and fired him. So I guess there's that. Womp womp. <laughs> I don't think you should be held responsible for things that you say while you're drunk. And I think that there should be a distinction because I talk a whole lot of shit when I have been drinking. Uh, So it just depends on what his blood alcohol level was at the time. But that's what's, that's what's funny is because I I think it was you that told me that this is not abnormal for leftist conversation. Which is, it just comes, that brings that, was it Sam Hyde that said it? Michael Malice has said it a couple of times um, where, you know, he says, you know, these people want you dead, but they'll settle for your submission. Right. But Sam, Sam Hyde said, do not forget that these people want you broke, dead, and your kids raped and brainwashed, and they think it's funny. (laughs) And is, is, is that wrong? Nope. No, I'm I'm sorry. I wish I could offer a more enlightened view of people. But I think when you think you're around 
people who agree with you, you say a lot of shit. And, you know, yeah, you get some of that stuff with conservatives. I've, I've had people say some wild shit to me, but it is nothing compared to um, the people I was around when I was a socialist. And it seemed pretty normal to me at the time. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, yeah, that is a joke, but it's not really a joke about all the things you would do to these people and how funny it would be if Rand Paul's neighbor had actually killed him and all this kind of stuff. And it was actually something that was a huge red pill for me, which is the level at which um, political violence is absolutely acceptable to um, people on the political left. So I mean, I wish I could be like, well, it's not everybody. It's not even like half the people. It's it's a pretty common, acceptable you know, laughed about kind of thing. And like I said, I'm not saying that people in the conservative side of things don't do that. They absolutely do. I just think there's like a proportionality issue. That's all. Yeah. That's did you, did I review? I'm sorry, what Nico? I was going to say that video when I first saw it was disturbing to me. So it's kind of uh black pilling to hear you say that that is actually tame and that's probably a normal thing that they would talk about behind closed doors. It's a little bit scary. I mean, I like the part where they yeah, said throw Molotov cocktails at the White House. That was kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. So <laughs> but, that's what I'm saying, that people should be careful about talking about bottom unity with um, other anarchists. And while I can appreciate and know some very smart communists and, and appreciate my discussions with them, yeah. I think that there is nothing to be found but our own deaths and um, bottom unity with socialists. Just, you know, know what their feelings about you are. You know, just be aware and, and, and don't fall into that trap. And I would say that, yeah, I understand feeling somewhat blackpilled by the fact that more people think that way than you would want to believe. But if we get the fact that this is out there, the fact that we can talk about it, the fact that we can spread that this is a regular occurrence is actually something that could red pill people on the right that could lead to more, you know, separation, more um, intellectual segregation, saying, you know, ideological self-segregation. Let's get away from these people. They don't want us around. Why would I be around them? And it's really good to start having that conversation. So I was talking to a friend of mine who is very black pilled today. And um, he was, other uh, guy had asked about whether or not um, anyone had red pilled any leftists lately. And I, I told him, well, it's not, it's not the time to red pill leftists. It's not time to red pill people on the left. Right now, we red pill the people, the conservatives. Because right. did you see the conservatives stepping on the Blue Lives Matter flags? Yeah. yeah. Did you see them say, fuck the police? Like, that is a sudden shift, and that is a very white pill. And so if we can take this and go, do you really want your children to be taught by these people? Do you really want to live in the same country and have them control your lives. This is a red pill, which can lead to a white pill. So I understand the, the black pilledness of hearing it initially and hearing that this is how people talk, so many pills. but this is a tool. This is a very p positive tool that we can use to get closer to a world that we want to live in. Like, like imagine who is the first state that's going to secede if they start hearing this all the time from leftists. Um, Arizona. 
<laughs> it's probably you, you probably you nerds over in texas yeah texas yeah, yeah i would like to believe that but there's a lot of i don't know our cities are kind of full of yeah food. yeah that is true yeah i think it'll be georgia actually there you go like, yeah, yeah I, I truly think georgia would be the one because the sentiment around here is you know, i would say yeah, it's similar here in in florida there's Atlanta, which is like a little blue island. Yeah. And then everywhere else around that is like, you know, not people who are blue pilled <laughs> right yeah, now, no. even if they were before the, the Trump election or the Trump diselection. <laughs> they're, they're not now. So, yeah, I agree. I think that some headway could be made. Yeah. And, and talking about the conservatives and their, uh, in their switch with the police and everything like that. Like we saw some of that when the whole George Floyd thing happened, you know, they're like, Oh man, this is crazy. I can't believe they're treating him like this. And then of course the protests and all the riots and all the property damage was just blowing up. And they they just went a whole one eight. Like, okay. I, 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 was, I was like perverting with that idea, but now I'm like, okay, I love the cops again, you know? And so now to see it again, where, you know, it did take Donald Trump losing and, and all this other stuff to happen, you know, whether you believe the election was stolen or not. It, just mm -hmm. them having that belief that it happened. They're like, oh, well, the cops aren't there to protect me or they're going to be protecting these people, even though I'm the one that's been saying back the blue and I love mm -hmm. you all day, all night long. And now you're yeah. going to point a gun at my face. Like what happened? Like I thought I was on. I thought we were on the east. I thought we were on the same side. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a sad day for you when you realize they don't give a shit about you. They're they're hired. <laughs> oh, this is something that I saw earlier today, um, which I don't have the pictures right now. But someone I saw on Twitter, someone had tweeted the cops um, explanation of what happened with Duncan Limp. Oh, yeah. And photos of him dead. Yeah, and I, the tweet that I saw, what the description was that they went through the window or something and broke through the window, but in the pictures, when the windows were completely normal and closed, and so I have to look into that. I just remembered it, but it looks like even though they're probably never going to release that body cam footage, what they did have to release showed inconsistencies in the story, and so I mean it's a very little positive, but it's. It's something. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they knocked on the door and Duncan was like, oh, hey, my buddies are here. And then they all walked in and then, you know, something happened. And there you go. Maybe, you know, oh, shit, Duncan. All right. Let's go play some video games or something. And then, you know, they started playing Madden and one of them lost. And then here we go. I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. You cracked it. It's always Madden. <laughs> it's always the Madden. Yep. <laughs> I think you're a detective now. I know. <laughs> So let me Unfortunately, ask. they don't face enough consequences for, that's you know, true. I'm that's that's one area that I'm kind of black pilled on is I think that uh, police will continue to do these kinds of things and and not face any consequences because things have to get a lot worse before and, people actually do anything about it. Besides these little bullshit displays of, you know, the Capitol riot, call it what you will, an insurrection. It was just kind of kind of like a couple of assholes displaying their stupidity it wasn't any kind of like real action toward freedom so yeah, yeah. I, you know it, as fun it, as it was 
Yeah, and doesn't it suck too about like with the Duncan Lemp thing or just the police in general? Whenever stuff like this comes out, you know, the conservatives will always, almost always have some kind of excuse, you know, like, oh, you know, maybe we should have seen what happened. You know, maybe it was a criminal. I don't know. And it's just like, well, okay, maybe some of the people, uh, like the like the Jacob Blake situation where that cop apparently isn't going to get any no charges or, or they're going to get off scot free or whatever. He's like, well, I mean, that guy there, that guy there, they're you know trying to arrest whatever. He was a bad guy, so you know maybe he deserved it. Or just like, okay, well, what if that was you? What if that was like your kid? You always have to try and put yourself in those shoes. I mean, it's hard because unless you're in that situation, then it's kind of hard to understand. But at the same time, you're just like, so like, okay, Duncan Lemb gets shot. And, and killed and then they've been pestering them for it's what seems like a you know a really long time to get this body cam footage if they just release the body cam footage maybe we'll have some more answers but they're like no we're not going to release it because fuck the people and we're the police we can do whatever the fuck we want and that's basically the mentality that they're telling everyone that in that area and just everywhere else that's following the story that's why james bovard who's been following the story and writing about it He's a hero. He, you know, he's been like one of the only ones like, okay, this, you know, here's what I've been saying. And here's what the Lord has been saying. The family, he's been keeping up with the story. And I think that's really good because, you know, and as as sad and tragic it is, it's, it's also really sad that the fact that the police just, there's no accountability. And that's why the black lives matter movement. I really wish they did focus on that and not just, well, you know, we're going to talk about race now. Also, it's, it has to always be about race, you know, it, and it's like what Scott Horton said, you know, it's, they should have just called it like accountability for killer cops because that's really the whole point. And that's, that's another thing too with the, like the BLM and then um, some of the, even some of the, the, I guess you can call them the boogaloos or probably or whatever, when they're having some of those protests where they were, where they're more, they're like walking together because they both agreed that, yeah, this is pretty fucked up what's going on. So we're going to march together about, mm-hmm. you know, some of the common things that we uh, want to see changed, but you know, one's BLM, one's probably, so they got to fight and that's how the, mm-hmm. the, the corporate press wants that fight. So. Speaking of the, well, I think kind of sad that, sorry, that, um, like Duncan Lemp's story didn't really get picked up at all. So, and yeah, and that's another thing too. If you know, and it, it really sucks to even have to mention this, but it, it kind of just show what like the corporate press, they're so evil and they're, they're, they're really terrible people because they don't, they don't care the fact that this kid was killed. They only care about the fact that, well, well, what did he look like? Who killed him? Yeah. Well, then that's the only reason why we're going to even talk about it. You know, or, or or it'll just be like on the ticker, like, oh, yeah, we'll just mention it there. See, we mentioned it was on the ticker. It's like we're not actually talking about it, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. Fox News and CNN, MSNBC or whoever you watch or listen to. They're not talking about it. And I mean, there's a lot of stories that are like that. And so the ones that they do focus on, you kind of have to be like, well, why are they focusing on this story? Well, there's so many other stories that they, they could be talking about, because I guarantee you, you watch CNN right now. They're probably talking about, oh, Donald Trump got impeached for the second time. So well, I'm sure there's a lot more better stories out there than. Donald Trump mm-hmm. being impeached about five days or whatever it is before he leaves office. Yeah. I think you're bringing up a really interesting point too about the individual who is following the story and keeping tabs with the story. Mm-hmm. It's almost showing this like decentralization of information where uh, there's individuals who are following individual stories because 
there's so much going on that it's almost impossible for a person to be informed. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. to know about everything and to keep right. track of everything and to follow every story in a chronological order. How can any one human keep that in order? And so we re have relied on news organizations to put that stuff into neat little packages for us to tell us what is important. But they have abdicated that role. They're no longer doing that. So we're turning around and relying on people like uh, James O'Keefe. And who is the reporter you mentioned who's following the story? Uh, and let me James Bovard. James Bovard. Yeah. James Bovard. Right. Yeah. So, uh, J you know, he is the keeper of the Duncan Lemp story now. And it's showing this sort of um, a decentralization of uh, press or decentralization mm -hmm. of uh journalism, which I, yeah. I think is good because it's no longer has to go through gatekeepers. And so if I want to know about Duncan Lepp, I can go to him mm -hmm. and say, hey, what do you know? And that's yeah. a good thing. And can I just say that that man, James Rivard, is a hero and has been for a long time. Yeah. When I wrote my red pills about Ruby Ridge and Waco, one of my biggest um, people that I had to cite was James Rivard because he pays attention to these stories and it's yeah. incredibly important the work that he does. I but one of the things that I wanted to say is even even with media attention or it's a what you said about they pay more attention to the color or to who shot or whatever. Um, I think the shining and disturbing and depressing example of that is Daniel Shaver. Do you remember yeah. Daniel Shaver? Yeah. Do you remember the him, hallway, Jessica? The hotel hallway. Yeah, the really fucked up game of Simon Says. Mm -hmm. yeah. The guy who the guy who killed him, that piece of shit, Philip Brailsford. I never want anyone to forget that piece of shit's name. I want them to remember that he's a piece of shit. Um, mm -hmm. He had on the, I don't know if you remember this, on the gun, he had scratched into the side, I believe it was Get Fucked. And then yeah. after that, he got he got released from the police department. And then a few months later, he applied to come back because he wanted to work enough time to get his pension. And he wanted to get that pension because he claimed he got PTSD from shooting Daniel Shaver. I hope and on some level that's him. true. I hope he does have nightmares. Oh, I hope he has night terrors. Yeah, I hope it's true. I hope that he truly does wake up every morning sweating for fear that he will burn in hell. But, you know, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> so we are getting closer and closer to the time when Shane and Nico's uh, uh, computer battery dies and they can't talk anymore. So I was wondering... Uh, with my last episode of 2020 was with a big group of people and I asked them uh, what was their white pill of 2020? What was the thing about 2020 that gave you some modicum of hope for the future? And so I can't really ask that. I mean, I can ask that now, but we're beyond that. We're beyond the point of that particular set of white pills. But let me ask at the end of this year, or at the beginning of this year, rather, is there anything that you see that looks like a positive move that gives you any sort of hope for the future? Hmm. Why are you going to be like, no, there's no hope for the future? <laughs> it's over. <laughs> <laughs> move to Mars. You're fucked. <laughs> Watch Total Recall. 
The Arnold Schwarzenegger one, not the Colin Farrell one. That movie's awesome. Um, so I guess in terms of uh, like hope for the future or whatever, I mean, like you were saying earlier about the talk of secession, I mean, even if secession doesn't 100% work, I think the fact that people are like, I don't know if I can live in a society where this person over here doesn't agree with me and we know doesn't have the same values as I do. I mean, how can you, it's like a, a one person is going to govern for, I don't know how many people are in America, like 400 million people. Like how is one person going to be like, I will fight for you. I will be your president. Even if you didn't vote for me. Well, especially if I didn't vote for you, I don't want, I don't give a fuck what you have to say because I didn't vote for you. You know, what was the point? I mean, if you don't vote, that that's also another prerogative. It was like, well, obviously the whole, this whole system is, is a sham and everything like that. But for those who still believe in that whole system, there's people who are like, well, you're not my president because I didn't vote for you. So maybe, maybe if, you know what, okay. So f- what if, for example, like the people who voted for Donald Trump, okay, well, Donald Trump could be your president. Like he can literally be the president of the people who the, the states that he won. He'd be the, he can be the president for Texas. He'd be the president for, I don't know how many other states he won. And then same with Joe Biden, the states that voted for Joe Biden, then Joe Biden can govern those states, you know? Kind of sounds familiar to some other time period where, you know, there's like two different presidents. But anyway, um, so you can kind of do something like that. I don't know. Um, but just in terms of like, I was just like a hypothetical, but that would just be kind of something to think about because 2021, well, well back up, like for 2020, there's people that were like, I'm so done for this year to be over. I can't wait for 2020 to be, you know, done or whatever. And then, of course, January 6, 2021 happens, and everyone's like, man, 2022 is looking pretty nice right now, you know? And I don't know. I think I, I think in terms of just, like, I guess a national level, that whole talk of secession really is a, a really important one. And also, with the conservatives being maybe not necessarily 100% red-pilled, but they are getting a little bit of that taste of like, huh, you know, maybe maybe the cops aren't 100% on my side. You know, they're just there to follow orders or, you know, they're there to, um, uh, I don't know what, like, you know, to the like to execute the law or something like that. Like, even if the law is there, it doesn't mean that it's moral, you know? So yeah. there is that. Um but then in terms of just like local or just yourself, I mean, if you can just work on yourself as m- much as you can possibly can in terms of, you know, because you're not able to affect a whole lot of things out there in the outside world. But in, in terms of you, it's like the Jordan Pearson thing. If you can clean your room, then everything else is, you know, possible, you know, and I definitely have to work on that. You know, I'm not, I'm trying to basically maybe this whole thing is basically me talking to myself. I got to clean my room. I got to do this and all that stuff. It's mainly a thing for me, but I think for other people could help. What are you? I was thinking similar, like on similar terms, but I was also thinking like, as far as people being, I guess, red pilled from last year. um, One thing that we saw from 2020 was a lot of the lockdown stuff happened on the local levels. So I feel like a lot of people are going to pay more attention to local politics, which is good because those are the things that you can actually affect. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then also regarding the lockdowns and everything, I think more people will be striving for self-sufficiency, yeah. like being prepared and just, you know, learning how to grow food, how to have a plan B, getting out of the cities. So yeah. I think that's a good thing. 
And I think one of the things that I came to the conclusion of when I had this conversation uh, with them was, you know, white pills don't have to be corporate. They don't have to be for everyone. It can be a very personal thing for you. Like for me, uh, what I mentioned was um, the fact that we were able to get a vehicle that'll fit all of my children last year. That was a white pill for me. The fact that I got to add another beautiful little girl into the world, white pill for me. There's so many things. And I think one of the things that I keep saying, and I'm going to keep saying it until more people understand it, is the the extreme focus on politics is very antithetical to the help to a healthy mind, mm-hmm. because I think that in a very, I you know I steal it from Dune, and I think Ace said it at one point, um, but politics is the soul killer. Look at how many people who've lost friends, family members, can't talk to their dad anymore because they have this hyper focus on politics as if it matters. And I think that that's one of the things, one of the conversations that we need to have. And white pills, like I said, white pills don't have to be corporate. They don't have to be for everyone. So is, is I mean, you have a very clear white pill insofar as y'all, y'all, you're cooking a baby now. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's definitely going to be our 100% like attention for this year. So because, you know, baby will be here in August. So. Yeah. And just kind of going off of that, like another thing too, that I kind of changed in terms of just my personal view was the fact that um, I was like on the fence when it came to abortion, but now with all this seeing, you know, seeing our baby in the ultrasound and all that stuff, it's just like, wow, this is mind blowing. Like, I can't believe anyone would see that and just be like, yeah, you know, screw it. I don't want to deal with that. It's just, you're just like, I don't know how anyone can just do that basically. So I really went from, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence now. I'm like, no, I'm a hundred percent. I don't like abortion and I'm probably going to be there forever. So. Yeah. I'm, I've always been there and it it's, we, we actually had our last baby in our house. And so that was a very different situation, but I, I have watched with the exception of this one, I didn't watch it as much. Uh, because she was in a very different position at home. Um, but I watched all of these children be born and I just cry like a baby. Like it's, I, that is, I haven't, I don't know. I don't haven't told many of the political people this, but like, since I was a little boy, I knew I wanted to be a father. Hmm. Like that was something that I wanted to do. Of course, have a wife too, because women are great looking. I don't know if you, if you knew this Shane, but women, oh my gosh. And you can meet them on Twitter too. Like that's a thing you can do. I know, right? I had no idea. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, do I'll just ask Jessica too. Do you have anything this year that makes you hopeful? Um, I have a lot of uh, positives in my personal life. So I don't, you know... I know that's not the case for everyone because a lot of people have had like their businesses shut down and uh, lost their jobs and things like that. And so I hate to like talk about my own personal life, be like, I'm doing great. But um, I, I do hear that from a lot of people like 2020 was a sucky year and everything about it that you heard about it from every direction was that it was terrible. But a lot yeah. of people had really good things happen to them. And um, 
a really big white pill for me was on the 4th of July last year when all of my neighbors on this street that I live on who had never spoken to each other other than maybe waving as you pass by in your car. We all came out of our houses and it was like a huge block party atmosphere. Um, people were so ready to be out of their homes and ready to like see other people and um, just sort of like it was at the, in the summer, it was still kind of like an act of defiance to like go out, you know, you weren't supposed to be doing that. And we all came out and met our neighbors and um, communicated face to face. And I was like thinking, and we were shooting off these fireworks. And I had this really strong sense of, you know what, we're going to win because this country yeah. is full of ungovernable people. Mm-hmm. And I don't like all of them. And some of my neighbors are fucking weird. I'll be honest with you. Like this one yells at her husband in the in public all the time. <laughs> That's not right. But anyway, wow. aside from that, they're ungovernable people. And those are my people. And yeah. uh, I appreciate I pre- appreciate that uh, about us, about sort of like I know that's not a popular phrase to use among anarchos and, and, and liberty Twitters, the we's and the us. But we Americans are um, a savage and ungovernable lot. And that is a big white pill for me. I, I don't do what I'm told. It's my favorite <laughs> neither thing about do America you. Yes. is the spirit of defiance. That's what I love. And it's in sometimes it can get you in trouble. We're moonshiners. We're moonshiners oh, yeah. and hookers. And, you know, look at who created our culture. Worst, the worst sort of people. And yeah. It's I mean, and let's be real. I don't think I think the the strongest example of American culture is the the southern states. Does any does any other part of the country have a culture like the South? How dare you? Were you pretty crazy? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like <laughs> Midwesterners are pretty awesome. I don't know the, if you guys know about the Midwesterners. Yeah. But, yeah. But the Scott I, I, I know some awesome down here. And they started making whiskey and I've made the Hmm. discovery. I forget who I was talking to, but if you look at the places uh, that have whiskey, good whiskey in the United States, they're typically the places with the best culture and the best people who are looking towards freedom. Hmm. I don't know why this is, but look at, because like Tennessee whiskey, Kentucky, Alabama, Alabama whiskey, like that's the best whiskey I have in my 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 closet. I'm just saying. What's your theory, though? I want to hear that. So this is a little um, history nerd ish, but um, at the founding of this country, there were like the English who were like the very proper Protestant ethic type of people. Right. And then you sort of had like the Scotch, Irish, Catholic, the rabble rouser. I don't do what the English tell me to do. And those people populated in the Appalachian mountains and it's where NASCAR comes from. It's where moonshining comes from and all that sort of like ungovernableness is sort of this diaspora between sort of the proper Puritan English type of America and the Irish Scotch uh, moonshining type of America. Mm. And they sort of, um, they they conflict with each other a lot these these two things but the the author the uh, authoritarian type the puritan type has never quite been able to get a stranglehold on those of us who don't want to follow the rules and which 
is kind of what I was saying is my is my white pill is that I've always known us to be rule breakers. And so they can they can erect as many walls as they want to. We'll we'll break them down. That's what happens when you build a wall is you are challenging people to come break it down. So the more fences I see them put up, the more excited I get. I'm like, ooh, you guys are scared. You don't, <laughs> they're not doing that because their position is strong. They're doing it because they're weak. They don't censor yeah. people because <laughs> like no yeah. one's listening to them, you know? So yeah. those are great white pills for me. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with that because that was one of the things I was talking to a few people the other day and they were talking about how blackpilling and terrible it is how the corporate press and leftist Twitter and everyone is talking about the people who went to the Capitol and they're talking mm -hmm. about people who are just tertiary, like tertiary, somewhat connected in any little way. They're like, that's so horrible. And I'm like, no, no, no. Look at that. Look at how they're talking. These are not the, these are not the actions of people who are winning. No, you don't have right. to do this if you're winning. Um, but I yeah, appreciate you guys. <laughs> yeah, there, are, there are libertarians who are like that. You know, they go, oh my yeah. God, the precious capital. Oh. Yep. All right. All right. And then, you know, speaking <laughs> with uh, some of the things that you were talking about, um, you know, it's like, so we, we must, like, not only do we have to be anti, you know, like ungovernable or whatever, we must be anti-governable. So... How, how do you mean? Wait, can you? I'm sorry. I, I know you guys have to go, but I really want you to expand expound on that idea a little bit, if you please. No, it was just a little. It was a little joke about you know. It's like, well, you know, we we must, not only do we have to be. Yeah, oh, jeez! Yeah. I was like, what on earth does he mean by that? That seems like it happened a hundred years ago, and I had forgotten about it completely. And I didn't. Wait, get who was what it that said it again? I don't remember. Um, one of those who, who in the libertarian party. Oh, like the anti-racist tweet. Yeah, who, who said Joe, that? Joe Jorgensen. It was Jorgensen. Or, or, or at the very least, you could say Joe Jorgensen's Twitter account. Yeah, because uh, we have inside sources that it was a staffer. Yeah. So. Oh, I never doubted that it's for a second. Yeah. I never doubted that. Staffers run this whole country. By the way, the whole narrative culture is created by a bunch of staffers with Twitter accounts. It's not even the real people. It's like, oh, such and such just tweeted all this shit out, and we're all upset about it. We're running wild with it, or we really like it. No, it's a bunch of paid interns, and they're jingling the keys to the kingdom. And and you know, I think that maybe you know, these staffers have to be reckoned with. They need to be sent back out to get coffee and get off these damn Twitter accounts because they're ruining the culture. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, definitely blue-pilled. There's definitely quite a few of them that are just blue-pilled as fuck. The staffers? <laughs> no, just like, you know, the libertarians who, because we're also talking about like leftist Twitter and corporate press, whatever, you know, it's like, okay, well, you can be libertarian. You'd be like, I guess, quote-unquote, left libertarian or whatever but the people that you're i guess trying to cater to they'll put you on the wall too yep so oh yeah you know, i don't know i don't know what else to tell you i mean there's that great example you know where it's like oh hey why don't you join the libertarian party to leave quilly and then it backfired and it was <laughs> that was, that was so. so funny by the way here's the official stance of make liberty great again and i know jessica's on board there is a certain person that was once a part of the Libertarian Party that we no longer talk about 
by name and do not engage with. And you know who I'm talking about because Talib Kweli called him a racist. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So if if Twitter can memory hold Donald Trump, sure as shit, we should be able to memory hold that guy. I'm with you on this. I, I, I'm with you. <laughs> All I'll right. say some stuff once the cameras <laughs> turn off. I'll tell you that. Oh, it's going to be juicy once the cameras are Ooh. off. Ooh. <laughs> and, and we're not going to tell them because it is a lot of fun to have people go, what are they going to talk about? What are they going to say? It's, I, malice is right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just going to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but before we sign off the broadcast, I first off, um, I want you to tell people i mean i've been scrolling it on the bottom of the screen you can find shane on twitter at shane scalf s-h-a-i-n-e-c i mean i screwed it up s-h-a-i-n-e-s-c-a-l-p-h yeah and you can also find your girl nico on twitter at petite nicoco yep i'm not gonna spell that one though because i feel like that one's (laughs) Easier for some reason. Like, was you hard say, tired. You, you can't. You can't. You can't say Shane and people know how to spell it that way. Yeah, you nobody know. knows how to spell your name. Ever. I know. They also have a their own show called What's Happening. They are the the Hapa supremacists, and yeah. you're you're half Korean. And are you? What's your what's your breakdown? So my mom is uh, Filipino Chinese, and my dad is a mixture of white countries okay yeah white countries yeah <laughs> there's too many yeah i, I uh, basically uh named myself the hoppa king i just named myself that because hey if dave smith can call himself the libertarian tupac i'm gonna call myself the notorious hoppatarian big so boom shakalaka yeah <laughs> i like it i approve <laughs> there you go um so and you can you can listen you should listen to what's happening ha- happening yeah. Is this Well, we're very cool. Yeah. Um, well, it's Hoppa. Yeah, it's what's happening. Yeah. That's what that's what I thought. Yeah. But I, you know, I I'm white. I'm not I'm not half anything. Um, I like how you would like admitted it. You're like, I'm I'm white. I'm very white. (laughs) If you've ever seen my face, you know that there's a fair amount of Irish and and Viking blood in me. Like my wife thought she had a chance at having kids that looked like her. And it took five to get there. because My Viking genes were like, all of these kids are going to be blonde. All of them are going to be blue eyed. (laughs) I won. But this one, this new one that popped out, Daisy, she looks just like her mama. So all time to, look time like to go the, the dad doctor. when they first come out by the way that, that's that's what i hear but it hasn't stopped yet that's all i'm saying <laughs> okay. Okay. but this one looks like her i'm just i'm just saying so now that you know where to find them i do want to uh to ask you since we haven't had face-to-face conversations that much i will i will ask my favorite michael malice style question which is what is your favorite thing about my Twitter account, um, the the fact that I follow your Twitter account and that you follow me that that's pretty cool to me. So yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, mutuals. You know, it's funny. I didn't know what mutuals meant for the longest time because I was like, I wasn't thinking in terms of you both have to follow each other. I was thinking in terms of Facebook. I'm like, aren't we? Wait, that's mutual friends. 
I'm retarded is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I've already, I've, I've retweeted their tweet. We're practically friends now, you know? Yeah. So, or like on we're Facebook, like we're, we're Facebook friends. Like I don't have, I don't have to do anything else. It's official. Like what else do I gotta do? Who's the most famous endorsed person? him. Yeah. <laughs> who's, the, who's the most famous or worthwhile person that has retweeted or followed you? Well, I'd probably just say Dave Smith because he's the reason that we are who we are politically, at least nowadays. Yeah. So all credit goes, I would say, yeah, most credit goes to Dave Smith and then a little inkling of Michael Mouse because some of the episodes that they did back in the day was uh, was a pretty big red pill for me. So. So wait, the question was the the most the biggest account that follows or retweets the best account that has followed or retweeted you. The, the what you're most proud account. of. So how you feel how you feel plays a role into that. Yeah. The, the, I feel like what you I, feel as the best account. I feel like I couldn't pick but maybe if I had to say um well like as far as like famous I would say Tim Pool who followed mm-hmm. who follows me but mm-hmm. um as far as like the coolest Twitter account Neocon Remover but he got banned yeah, so yeah. F in the chat, yeah. y'all. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Oh, and I would also be, I would also be remiss to 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 uh, if I were to not mention my wife, Petite Nikoko. So you know, I yeah, have to. Of course, you're my yeah. best. Yeah, I got to you know. kind of count follow. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, All yeah. right. And so I think with that, um, I guess I should tell you that if you want to see the most beautiful watercolor paintings you've ever seen you need to go to instagram and type in sovereign cookies art and also to um i think i think jessica and i have started creating a um i I don't know what the dynamic is but it's like we're we're learning together about how we're going to troll people on twitter so it's a very fluid um exchange now you can follow her at Libertarian Kitchen Witch, L-I-B-T-K-I-T-W-I-T-C-H. And if you want to find me, you don't. But if you do, you can type in this is MLGA anywhere. Um, if you want to join my locals, you don't. You can go to makelibertygreatagain.locals.com. And we are at the end of the show. So thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. I, uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while and I'm happy that we've been able to, you know, become mutuals in the podcast world as well. The only person in this place who hasn't had me on their podcast is Jessica. Yeah, but... I don't have anybody on my podcast. <laughs> I don't even have me on my podcast. <laughs> I hate that podcast. I've never been on your podcast either. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> so one last thing. Let's not talk about what? my podcast. It's called the Jessica Green Show. You can find it on YouTube. Oh, what? Um, hey, I think it's a good podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so no, with I, that, I, I go ahead. No, I was gonna say I might I might start doing more like gardening stuff and less political stuff. Like, Sounds good to me. Yeah, you know, because I got I like cottage big core. renovation. Yeah, cottage core, all the way. So yeah, <laughs> I'll let you guys know how that develops, but. <laughs> go on awesome and as always to all four of you who listen to this stupid show try your best to stay sane